From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Why do you believe in God? Why did you start believing in God? Perhaps you grew up a Christian. You were always taught to believe. That is one of the best ways to cement a belief in God from a young age. However, sometime along the way, you took a step from hearing about God and believing what your parents and family told you, to actually calling on Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. What led to that step for you? What led to you deciding to call on God as your life guide, as your role model, and as your Savior? As for myself, I grew up in a Christian family that went to church every Sunday. That helped. Yet it could have stayed just like school. I always valued my perfect attendance in school, and I wanted to value it in church as well. I never wanted to miss a Sunday. When I reached the age for confirmation class, which in my church was in the 8th grade, perfect attendance morphed into a perfect worship attendance because you didn't have to miss church to go to Sunday school anymore. I have heard this story told quite a few times. It is when the people at my church believed that I may have been different than some of the other kids in my class. I was invited to skip church for one Sunday during confirmation and still get credit for attending. They counted our attendance during confirmation to make sure we were actually participating in the life of the church. All the other 23 kids in my confirmation class jumped at that chance. But I told my pastor that I did not want to miss the sermon. I would rather stay in church. That was odd for an 8th grader, 
I had taken an interest in church. One might say that I had a desire to be there. I had some kind of attachment to church, and even I wasn't quite sure why yet. Mark Batterson wrote in his book, Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God, that desire is one of the languages through which God speaks to us. I believe that God spoke to me by placing that desire to be in church in my heart. Yet that was not the only language that God spoke to me in. God spoke to me through the encouragement of other people. The first time I had the opportunity to preach a homily, a short sermon, was Easter Sunday in 2011 their Easter sunrise service. The confirmation class was in charge of that Easter sunrise service. My pastor gave me tools and resources to put it together. And when I had finished, a lot of people were praising and encouraging me. They told me that I spoke well in front of other people. They told me that it was a good message It was a combination of my desire to be there and also the people who made me feel welcome that satiated my call to deepen my relationship to the church. I started believing in God because I could feel God believing in me. If young kids are not raised in the church... They do not get the same affirmation that I did. When we ask ourselves why someone should start believing in God, it should not be because of something we said or did. It should be because of something that God said or did. We do not hold the power. God does. This is why just teaching Christian idols at home is good, but not the best. It does give God one or two ways to speak to a child, but we want to give the most possible ways for God to get through. You want to give God the most possible ways as well. If you are going through the motions and are really having trouble really believing in God, try to find ways to invite God in. Read more, pray more, participate in church in a new way, talk to friends. If you do not seek opportunities to learn about God more often or allow it for others, the world will try to douse any belief that was there in the first place. If left untended, it just might succeed. Perhaps you found yourself in a weak moment and you did not have anywhere else to turn to for strength or for guidance. For some, opening one's mind to the very idea of God is a last resort found in hopelessness. But God will even, and perhaps especially, be found in a last resort. 
when we realize that nothing else we try can solve our problems. Perhaps you needed to believe in a power that is capable of turning this world around because you have learned that you cannot turn the world around on your own. One reason that someone started believing in God is because they felt God moving. Another was at the end of their rope and had nowhere else to turn. Still another wanted to find hope for a world that is spiraling downhill fast. We want to have hope in a good future, knowing that it is in the capable hands of some higher power. David Ludden, who is professor of psychology, wrote about some of the reasons that people profess a faith in God. In the magazine Psychology Today, he writes that people are more likely to believe in a God when they are lonely because they do not want to feel like they are alone. They are also more likely to believe when things seem uncontrollable because they want to think that someone is in control. Others say that they believe to make themselves look good in front of others and even go to the extent of attending church to look good in front of others, just like the Pharisees always went to the temple. Still another reason for people to start believing in God is because it is something to structure one's life around, especially in the underdeveloped countries where there is nothing else to base one's life on, or at least little else. When we have plenty of distractions, however, the need for this focal point in our lives decreases. You may have come to believe in God in any of these ways, and you will continue to refine the way that you believe. If you first started attending church because that's what the, that is what the good thing to do was, that's fine. But your reason for believing may change once you really open your mind to experiencing God. It also no longer seems to be a reason for people to start coming to church. Kids used to stray away from the church when they went to college, but they typically returned when they had kids of their own because that's what families did on Sunday mornings. Now we need a different reason to draw our families back to church. Zephaniah is in some ways a harsh prophet. Yet perhaps he was not too harsh for his times. He lived during the reign of King Josiah of Judah, which lasted from 640 to 609 B.C., The people were fearful. They feared their enemies, who were growing stronger by the day, and who had the power to defeat them. Their supplies were wearing thin. We know that just about 50 short years later, 
the Babylonian Empire ended up taking over the people and taking them into captivity. The people did not have much to live on. They needed hope. In that need for hope, they turned away from the very source of hope. Zephaniah's first order of business was to make them recognize what they felt in their hearts. He said through the voice of the Lord, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good. For a people who have lost their belief in a good God and in a God that is involved in the world and does good in it, there will be consequences. The people had to recognize that. And if we do not believe in God's good action in the world today, but leave the world to be conquered by the evil one, we are committing the same treachery of faith. One reason to start believing in God is because there will be an eternity of consequences if we do not. But this won't fly with those who do not believe in God's action in the world because they believe that God can have no power over us anyway. Zephaniah knows this too. After warning the people of the consequences, he paints the picture of a God who wants the same thing as them. God wants their enemies to be overpowered. He, tells, he foretells the destruction of the Philistine communities on the southeast coast of the land. Gather together, gather, O shameless nation, before you are driven away like the drifting chaff. For Gaza shall be deserted, and Ashkelon shall become a desolation. The sea coast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah, on which they shall pasture, for the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. This is in chapter 2. And perhaps this is why when people visit Israel still today, they are surprised at how optimistic Israelites can be. I went to Israel in 2018 with Passages, which is a program that allows college students to go to the Holy Land at a discounted rate. And I know the optimism that Scott Phillips, director of the program, reported seeing on his first visit back following the pandemic. After thousands of rockets had been fired upon communities, after political turmoil, after the the destruction that the pandemic has caused, God's promise is still with them. And that is a second reason to start believing in God. 
Instead of allowing the world to defeat us bit by bit, we can remain confident in a God who always promises to restore. We can remain confident in a God who always promises to remain with us. We can be optimistic. If we don't believe, there is no reason to hope. We will just be depressed because nothing is changing. But this is not our reality. And because it is not our reality, we are called to respond with joy. The prophet Zephaniah concludes his warning and prophecy by proclaiming, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. Here is our third reason. We should start believing in God when we realize that God believes in us. We should start believing in a God who rejoices over us, as the prophet explains. Exclaims. Imagine that. God celebrates because we exist. How can we not also celebrate that we exist with God? If you have found it a struggle to believe in a good God every day, in light of all that is going on around us, look again at the prophet Zephaniah. Know that your eternity is at stake if you don't. But more profound than that, know that God is the only possible source of hope for salvation. If you do not believe in God, you are admitting defeat. There is nothing more powerful to believe in. Finally, Know that God believes in you and rejoices because of you. Why don't you join your own party and shout some joyful praises with God? Strengthen your own belief and your own understanding of God's greatness and God's power. But don't stop there. Also, help someone else to understand why they should start believing in God. Invite someone to church, raise your kids with an understanding of the faith. Create as many opportunities for God to break through as you can. I had a concept of God from a young age. I believe in God because I was able to build on that concept and hear God through my desire and through the people who encouraged me. One of my friends told me that she believed after her infant daughter told her about how she sat up in the clouds with Jesus after picking her parents, or 
picking her parents. However you come to believe, the best favor that you can give another person, Christian or otherwise, is more ways for God to break through. Help to alleviate fear. Invite people to come to the stable to witness this incredible event that we are preparing for. The Lord, our God, is in our midst. And He isn't going anywhere. Thanks be to God. And Amen. Let us sing together, Love Came Down at Christmas. Whether we face plenty or hunger, abundance or want, we are in debt to God for all we have and all we are. In these moments of thankfulness, we remember how God has blessed us. We give with joy because we trust the God of our salvation. Will our ushers please come forward?
Let us ask God to bless our gifts together. We rejoice, O God of peace, in the privilege of giving without fear. You come to us daily with blessings too numerous to count. You are the Holy One, whose presence relieves our anxieties, feeds our hungers, and stirs our compassion. Through our offerings, we express our gratitude. As we give of ourselves, we respond to your call to bear fruit and to make your name known among the nations. Thank you for accepting all we offer. Amen. You may be seated. We come to our time of joys and concerns this morning. We celebrate the birthdays this week of Cody Ziegler and Keith Carroll. I think we missed one from last week, but <laughs> so happy birthday to Muff as well. probably thought of not being in church last week you'd get out of that, right? <laughs> uh, also, praise that uh, Jackie Woodard, I shared that she was in the hospital last week. She is now home and doing much better, so praise God for that. Are there any other updates to our... Uh, go ahead, Linda. I'm not real sure about going to the lawyer, but I know that she's still... Oh, okay. It's good if you find out which one, let me know. Uh, I, I did remember to add Judy to the prayer concerns for our list, but I remember to do that after we printed this bulletin. So she'll be in there uh, for next week's as our regular prayer concerns also. But, uh, yeah, certainly let me know if you find out which, which one she's going to. I hope we can visit her and meet her that way, too. That'd be nice. But thank you for sharing that update. We'll continue to be in prayer for Judy. Any other updates or joys or concerns to share? Bonnie Schaff just moved into a nursing home uh, out near Cleveland, east of Cleveland. Uh, so... Uh, her address will actually be changing in the bulletin as well. Uh, I will change that for, for next week's week. Get, I don't remember that off the top of my head. Um, but she's in a nursing home. She moved in on Thursday. Or Friday, actually. So she's just her second full day there. And uh, she's adapting to her new situation being uh, apart from Tim and Connie, who she's been with throughout the whole pandemic so far. So uh, let's pray for all of them as they adapt to their new circumstances as well. Yes, uh, we would like people to contact with 
And if any of you are interested in, yeah, if any of you are interested in actually going to see her, I'm planning to do that sometime this month. So let me know if you'd be interested in that too. Any other updates or prayers? If there are none, then let us pray together. Good and gracious God, grant us a glimpse of your glory, that we may rejoice in your presence and abide in your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Loving Lord, help us to know that we dwell in you and you are in us. It is you, Lord, that seek out the straying and the lost. You desire to deliver all who are in trouble. You set out to rescue all who are oppressed. You come to us now and seek to bring us home. We rejoice in your presence and your almighty power. May your church share in your healing and saving power. We pray for the church working in areas of violence and rejection, for all Christians who are persecuted for their faith. Lord, you are our deliverer. You are our refuge and our strength. We pray for areas of the world where people are devalued and discarded, for all who are outcasts and all who suffer from ethnic violence and prejudice. We pray that the rich and those in authority may bring relief and hope to the poor. We pray for all who are involved in tax collecting and in the use of our taxes, for all who are in the armed forces, and for all who maintain peace and order. Lord, we rejoice that you are with us in our homes, that you rejoice in us. Make us sensitive in our dealings with one another attentive to the need and desires of our loved ones. We pray for all homes where there is fear and abuse. We pray for all communities in the aftermath of natural disasters, especially Mayfield, Kentucky, and the areas surrounding Mayfield, Kentucky, who have suffered a disastrous tornado Friday night. We pray for the at least 70 who have died from that natural disaster throughout the state. We pray for those within our community, including Bill Carroll, Shirley Dick, Mike Hamer, Jay Jackson, Calvin Kegley, Jack Ryan. Dorothy Sherk, Viola Ziegler, Shirley Butts, Eric Smith, Bob Bowman, John Shumway, Don Naylor, and Judy Boyer. 
May they feel your presence today and always. We also pray for the family and friends of those who have died. Lord, we pray for the family and friends of those who have passed in Kentucky this weekend. Lord, may you comfort them in their grief. Lord, may you help us to live in your hope, strive for your peace, experience your joy, and be strengthened by your love as we seek to discover Christ and be Christ for others by living as you modeled and praying as you taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us rise and sing together our closing song, Away in a Manger. Especially...
and your minds in Christ Jesus, for whom we watch and wait. Amen. <coughs>
my posterior up. Don't worry. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.